Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. The Bible is the foundation of everything we do as believers. In this episode, we talk about some convicting verses that we use on the sidewalks to reach moms and dads. Stay with us. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Prayer Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys listening, as always, and we encourage you to share this podcast with other people. This is a gospel-centered podcast. This is a biblical podcast, right? Yes, gospel-centered, not focused, centered. That's right. It's focused on the gospel, but in particular, it's called the Gospel-Centered Prayer Life Podcast. I've got that now. And we believe, as a gospel-centered podcast— part of a gospel-centered ministry, Love Life, mm-hmm. that the principles that we uh, that we share and that we base our ministry on come from the book. That's right. The Bible, the Word of God. As a matter of fact, I have my Bible right here. And what does it say on the front, Vicki? Holy Bible. That's right. It's a holy one. It's right. a holy Bible. Right. Amen? Amen. <laughs> one time, um, I believe it was my brother was talking to a young, she was a young Christian, uh-huh. and uh, this girl that we went to church with, and asked her, he was trying to get at what version of the Bible she was reading, because <laughs> okay. she wasn't exactly understanding scripture, so he's like, so what, what Bible are you reading? She's like, the Holy Bible. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the Holy One. Well, well she, we had the mo- the, she knew the most important she thing. She <laughs> knew the mo- most important part. Um, the Word of God is holy. Yes. The Word of God is important. It's important in the principles that we that we glean from the Word of God and that we apply in ministry, but also in the midst of ministry, it's important that we use the Word of God. Mm-hmm. If you guys listened to my podcast about putting on the armor of God, mm-hmm. there is a piece of that armor that the Bible names. Yeah, um, basically itself, right? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Right. And so, and, and I encourage you guys bring your Bible out to the sidewalk with you. Yeah. Don't I mean listen, people's perceptions are what they are, and I could care less what their perceptions are if, as long as what I'm doing is is biblical. And I believe having the word of God with you is biblical. This is our weapon. It's our weapon. It's our weapon out there. Now I even I, though you might I just wanted to say, even though you might think I don't want to appear to be like a Bible thumper or whatever, right. just don't thump it. Just have it with you. I you ain't gotta thump have it. it with you. Right? Have yeah. have it with you to read. Yeah. yeah. I think it's powerful, personally. Yeah. That if you can open up your Bible mm-hmm. and show somebody in the Scripture what the Bible says, open it up to Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14, and show yep. them, here's what God says, for you form my inward parts. Yep. Rather than, uh, okay, I, I don't want to discount this, but I personally, this is a personal conviction of mine, but I can't stand when I see someone sharing from their iPhone. Yeah. I don't like it. Like like your friend Vicky over here. Like my friend Vicky. <laughs> or I'll tell you what I hate even worse. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, hates hates a strong word. Okay. I don't hate the people. Right. You hate the I'm sin. just an old They're... fashioned guy, I guess. I like just have a Bible. When I see someone preach from their phone, I've seen people do that, street preachers preaching from their phone. Yeah. Or even like counselors on the sidewalk. Please, guys, if you're listening, don't take this as like criticism for me. It's probably just a personal issue I need to deal with. 
read from your phone, that's fine. But just know while you're reading from your phone, I'm judging you for it. Yeah, exactly. Well, so to that point, I, I will share a story that happened on the sidewalk okay. where where I was out there, I think it was this past, well, two Fridays ago, and, and one of the pro-abortion people claimed to be a pastor. She was new. I'd never seen her before. <laughs> and I was shocked and said, well, what do you do with the verse? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Yeah. Which was an actually word-for-word perfect re- recitation of that verse. Yeah. But she said, what verse is that? And I didn't know off the top of my head. I mean, I knew it, I had recited it correctly, right. but I didn't know the reference. I'm terrible at, at memorizing the references. And then she said, where's your Bible? Because I pull out my phone. I said, oh, I'll find you the verse. I, yeah. I can get you the reference. She said, no, get your Bible. Where's your Bible? I'm afraid that was, I was ashamed. That was okay. convicting for me. I, but today I still didn't bring my Bible out there. <laughs> I, have, I have valid reasons, I feel, there, my Bible is small. That's all I can carry out there with all the other stuff I carry. Okay. And the print is small, and I don't see it. Yeah. So what am I going to do? I mean, I could wear my reading glasses. You could use there. your giant print Bible and have it in a backpack on That's your back. That's big, though. Oh, yeah, I would. <laughs> or maybe just like have a little wheelbarrow with all my maybe, supplies maybe. that I drag around behind me. Well, but you make a this, good point. This podcast is not necessarily about that. Okay. That's, again, that's but a personal a good thing. Side trip. I think it's a good little I think it's good to have your Bible with you. And I have a smaller Bible that I kind of can slip in my um in my bag and whatever else. Yeah. I don't carry a man purse, but I guess I could. You could. Or you could have, they make all kinds of stuff, yeah. sizes of Bibles that you can slip in belly packs and all that stuff. But that's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is whether you read it from your phone uh-huh. or whether you have it printed out like Vicki does. She uh-huh. has several scriptures printed out. Right. Whether you have it memorized mm-hmm. or whether you, you know, have your physical Bible there, we need to be using... Scripture. And in particular, we're going to talk about some convicting verses. Right. Because there are certainly comforting verses and verses like I shared, Psalm 139, that are really powerful verses that need to be shared. Mm -hmm. But there are also some convicting verses that need to be shared. Like Mm -hmm. we can share John Mm 3.16. Great. Okay. For God so loved the world, we can probably all quote that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's an awesome passage. And I I think it's very appropriate at an abortion center. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's also some convicting verses that we need to share where Jesus talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, why do you call me Lord, Lord, mm-hmm. and not do what I say? Yeah. And pin people down with the scripture because yeah. you'll get them to agree to John 3.16. Yeah. And once they've agreed to John 3.16, you could ask the question, would you believe the whole Bible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go into Luke was it six? Six forty-six. I will 46. never forget that reference. Yeah. Now <laughs> let's, let's see what Luke six forty-six right. says. Yeah. And so, anyway, we want to talk about some of these convicting verses. So we're going to share them with you guys. Yeah. Maybe you guys write these verse references down. Yeah. Put these on a sheet, carry it in your belly pack like Vicky does. Yeah. Yep. Or put them to memory if you can. Yeah. Highlight them in your Bible. Yeah. But they're convicting verses that I think can bring the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because God uses his word to bring conviction. The Holy Spirit, coupled with the word of God, brings conviction. And God can open these people's eyes to the fact that what they're doing is is not right in God's sight and yeah. turn their hearts, yeah. right? So here's some convicting verses. Yeah. We're going to share them with you. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to kind of talk around them, how they apply, how you can 
apply them on the sidewalk and share them with the women going into the abortion center and the one-on-one conversations with the men also going into the abortion mm-hmm. center, those one-on-one conversations. When they might be appropriate to, yeah. to use it because um, I, I just in general, they're not what I lead with. Right. I actually just if, if I were to characterize how I tend to counsel, I tend to lead with a positive message. Not that these are not positive, but they're they're more the warnings. There are, I guess that's what these are more. These verses, I think, the convicting verses in general have warnings in, right. in yeah. them. And that's not where I lead. I start with just the um, kind of the inspiration for good behavior, following and <laughs> trusting in God. And if that gentle answer or that gentle uh, beginning is not sufficient— for helping to change their heart, then I move then you into go for the these. jugular. Then I go for the jugular. Yeah. I, you know what? I it, to put a little context behind that biblically. If you think about um, Elijah when he runs from Jezebel and he's hiding out, or reads, he's on the mound. I forget where he he ends up, but but he's just ready to give it up, give everything up. He's in such despair. And when God appears to him, that progression of of God was not in the storm. God was not in the the heavy wind. God was not in the whatever the next progression was. I can't remember. But then. There was a gentle breeze. Yeah, still and, small voice. Um, yeah, and that's when he first heard God. And I, and so I I was thinking God came to him in his despair, not as a storm, but as as a still quiet, gen- with gentleness. Yeah, and and I think God would have moved into all those other things had and. That does happen. God sure. does do that throughout the Bible where it gets worse and worse and worse for you if you're not listening to that still small voice. But if we can get them with that still small voice, that's probably best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to go for the jugular unless you absolutely uh, absolutely need to. Yeah. Right? I mean, basically, at the end of the day, you can try anything and everything to mm-hmm. get to a person's heart, to mm-hmm. soften their heart, mm-hmm. to bring conviction. and. There's only so far we can go, right? It's yeah. got to be the Holy Spirit convicting yeah. them, and they've got to open their hearts to the Word right. of God. And so I think it is good for us to kind of throw <laughs> throw everything we can at them. Give mm-hmm. them what the Bible says mm-hmm. about comfort, about his love for them and for their baby. Mm-hmm. I do think that's where we start. Yeah. But then get into the conviction of the Holy Spirit as far as their sin, the rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that, that actually played out for me just um, probably – Saturday before last, Mm -hmm. where I was talking to a young lady and started out very kind of like, I guess, comforting in the sense that God's with her, with, uh, you know, her and her baby. God has a love for her and her baby, but her heart was just hard and she was trying to justify herself. Mm -hmm. And so I went into some convicting scriptures and convicting realities Mm -hmm. and and really broke down for her. You know, if you believe that God loved you— because I kind of went in that whole, you know, my, my fail-proof mm-hmm. uh, pro-life argument mm-hmm. that, you know, does God love you? When did he begin to love you? Before I was born. And I pinned her down. Doesn't he also love this baby? Mm-hmm. And I kind of really got into the idea that, you know, because she said, well, God gives us all free will. Mm-hmm. I said, what you're using is you're using the free will that God has given you as a justification to take someone else's free will away from them. Yeah. And uh, and And the word of God. 
will not stand with that. Like God's yeah. God's not okay with that. And you're right. going to stand accountable before him for what you're doing, justifying yourself by God's love for you. And then saying, basically, God's love for this baby is not the same. So I, mean, right. I use some other yeah. convicting verses and things. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I kind of went from, I guess, comforting to convicting. Yeah. Because I thought that was what was appropriate in that situation. And I think to your point, ultimately, every single person you have the opportunity for any kind of extended discussion, you can't ignore the convicting verses of God because the reason that they're there for an abortion is in all likelihood they are leading a life of sin. Yeah. And and unless they are convicted that not only is abortion wrong, but so many of the choices that have led them to that place need to be addressed. And ultimately, they need to submit their lives to the Lord. And you're not going to get there if they're not convicted of their sin, which is a hard truth. So, But we don't always have that opportunity in those few minutes in front of an abortion center. But I do think we we usually, at least I usually do have the opportunity to introduce some of these convicting verses, even if I can't go into the full gospel presentation or anything like that. Right. Yeah. But some of these were some of my favorite okay. favorites that that I found or yeah. that I've used okay. frequently. Yeah. And so I'm going to read a few of them. We'll okay. kind of talk around them, great. how they apply yeah. and how you guys can use them out there on the sidewalk. So this, the first one you have here is Second Peter 2, mm-hmm. 20 through 21. And it says, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Mm. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. That's a pretty powerful statement, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because that is what's happening out there, isn't it? Yeah. Well, when you encounter so many of these people that go into the abortion centers that claim to be Christians, that claim to love yeah. God. Yeah. And this verse speaks just to that. When you've, okay, you claim to be, to have had some kind of encounter with the Lord, have mm-hmm. some kind of relationship with Jesus, you ask Jesus into your heart or something like that. And by that, you've escaped the pollutions of the world through the mm-hmm. knowledge of Jesus. Then you're entangling yourself again into sin. Yeah. Like you bring yourself under greater condemnation and judgment. Now, you can get into all the theological implications of that, and there's you know debates out there about once saved, always saved, and all these other things. Right. That's not really what you're getting to in front of the abortion center. Right. You're just bringing to bear the Word of God. What What do you believe about this? Because the Bible says if you've escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of Jesus, and you're going to go back into that stuff, back into unrighteousness, you know, murdering your own child, yeah, then – it would be better have do you have not even really uh, connected yourself with Jesus yeah. to claim to be connected with yeah. Jesus and be in rebellion to Him because yeah. your judgment is going to be worse. Well, that part that you just said um, about righteousness that you're you know piggybacking off of that phrase, it, uh, it would be better not to have known the way of righteousness. When before I introduce this verse, I'll I'll often say. Do you believe this is a human being? Yes. Do you believe it's um, a living human being? Yes. Do you believe that we should not murder innocent living human beings? Yes. And then you say, so, and does God say anything about that? Well, yes. The sixth commandment, thou shalt not murder. Is that the way of righteousness? Well, yes. Well, what do you make of this verse? And then because they do know, they know the way of righteousness. Sure. 
Yeah. If they if they and if they claim to and have any knowledge of Jesus Christ, they they know the way of righteousness. You can't ignore then what that verse is saying. Yeah, absolutely. So I think yeah. it's powerful if you build on um one of the things that I think you do well and um and I think is really important is to take a passage and break it down um, and pull out the different pieces one at a time and build to you agree with this, you agree with this, you agree with this. Well, what do you say with this right, yeah. then? Yeah. Yeah, you can't. And one of the points I'll try to get to with people is you can't affirm portions of the word of God that you agree with and reject other portions that you disagree with. Right. Like if you believe that John 3.16 is true. Then you also need to believe that Second Peter two twenty through twenty one is true. And if not, why do you decide? Why right, do you reject yeah. one and accept the other? I'll sometimes ask that, and there there's no real good answer. Sure, for that. Yeah. yeah. Another verse is Hebrews ten twenty six through twenty seven. Definitely one of my very favorites. I quote: I have this one memorized, which is hard for me to do. But this one was so um, important in sharing the gospel. I actually do use this verse. When I share the gospel, because I think the danger of this verse is to take it before you actually dwell on and know this verse after hearing the gospel is to just think, well, I'm saved. I ask forgiveness. Jesus forgives me. So I can go in and have the abortion because I know that Jesus will forgive me. And I want to get rid of that misconception right away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Hebrews ten twenty six through 27, mm-hmm. for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Wow, that's heavy. I will often say when I finish this, that's a pretty frightening verse, isn't it? Yeah. And just let it sit with them. I don't even need to really explain it because it, it says... It it says if we after we receive the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. That's heavy. Yeah, that is. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, and I I I'm one of the reasons I don't explain it is because I have a hard time explaining it to myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if a heart has become so hardened that they are willfully continuing down a path that God has clearly told them not to go, then is any repentance sincere? Right, yeah. Maybe that's what it's saying. Whatever it's saying, it's scary. (laughs) Yeah, well, it is scary, and I could try to get into it and break it down hermeneutically and exegetically and every other way. All those big words. I won't won't try to do that because I think we'd have to get into the larger context of the entire book of Hebrews – Especially, um, in particular, I mean, the context of the 10th chapter of Hebrews. I won't get into that, but I think just kind of let it be out there at face value. And like you said, don't you believe that's a scary verse? Mm -hmm. And if anybody reads that verse and doesn't think it's kind of a scary verse, it ends with the fiery judgment. It speaks, you know, the, the last part of it is, and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. The adversaries of the Lord. Yeah, right? that's pretty heavy. That's, <laughs> that's pretty heavy. That's, yeah. de- that's definitely describing hell. Of, of, and 
if you willfully continue in sin, that's what's going to be awaiting you. And what does it mean to willfully continue in sin? Well, you got to have knowledge. Yeah. They do have knowledge. They will. They have expressed that usually in a conversation where when I come to this verse, they have expressed an understanding. They have knowledge that what they're about to do is sin. Many of them have continued. That, that, that's an important part of it, having, you know, while willfully, uh, if we go on sinning, my version, I think, says continue in sin. So if you're continuing in sin willfully, and for many of these women, this is the third, fourth, fifth abortion. That, to me, is a willful continuation, continuing in sin. Yeah, so, absolutely. So if you start talking with them about that, and then what God says awaits them— and just let them ponder, is what you're about to do worth this? Right, yeah, yeah. Without Again, without getting into the theological implications of it and, you know, what could that mean for the Christian and what does it mean to continue willfully on in sin? Mm-hmm. Fact is, there's a stern warning here. Right. There is judgment, yeah. and you don't want to risk it, Yeah. right? Yeah, and so— to be specific, I would I will often use this, like I said, after sharing the gospel, but also if someone says, well, God is a forgiving God, and so I've already said I'm sorry, sometimes I'll say that, yeah. or I'm just going to go in there and do this, but it's the last time, and then I'll, then I'll repent, then I'll tell them I'm sorry. That's a, that's a good time for trotting out this verse, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, another verse that I think is a powerful verse, mm-hmm. maybe even one of the most powerful verses to share, yeah. and you share this often, I even do. in just breaking down the gospel yeah. and sharing about the lordship of Jesus, because when we're sharing the gospel, we're not saying just, just ask Jesus into your heart and go on your life, go on with your life, right? We're, yeah. We want them to ask Jesus into their life as Lord, right? Now, we do, just so you guys know, we do try to pin them down with really surrendering their life to Jesus right then and there. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing the you know whole say, say the sinner's prayer thing necessarily. We kind of want them to articulate a prayer themselves. Yep. We share the gospel along the lines of what Ray Comfort does, mm-hmm. sharing the law and then the grace of God in light of the law and our, our guilt before him. Um, but to sum, sum up what I'm trying to say is we talk about lordship. We talk Which, about Jesus becoming yes. not just your savior. Right. But your Lord, and yeah. what does that mean? What does that mean? And they can't answer that. And I'm not sure Ray Comfort uh, goes heavily into lordship in the um, – he may, but in the the YouTube presentations that I've watched, I don't think he does so much. I do because I have found in all the years being out there sharing the gospel, it is a huge issue. Yeah. For because so many people there on the verge of killing their baby claim Jesus is their Lord, and they really have no idea what lordship yeah. means. So Luke six forty six says, "But why do you call me Lord, Lord, mm-hmm. and do not do the things which I say?" Yeah, and the word Lord mm-hmm. means master. Yeah, it's what a servant calls his master. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is saying, "Why do you call me Lord?" Why do you say that you're my servant when you're not doing what I say? Yeah. Uh, and in the context of the abortion center, of course, when you've kind of pinned them down with the truth that that's a baby that they carry, that their struggles are real, yes, but their baby doesn't deserve to die, and yet they claim to be a Christian, what does Jesus say? So why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? You can get a woman to agree that abortion is wrong. 
you can get them to agree that their baby is loved by God, mm-hmm. that it, to abort their child is sin. But it's not just the agreement, it's the doing, right? Yeah. And that's what Jesus yeah. is talking about here. Yeah. And after that verse, the next one that, that we wrote down, and maybe you could read that, is uh, the Matthew 7 21 to 23, because it piggybacks off of that. It takes it even a a step further, which is obvious when you read it. Yeah, sure. And this is a scary verse here. It is, yes. Because it speaks of judgment. It speaks of, you know, Jesus being fed up with with people hypocritically proclaiming him to be Lord. Mm -hmm. And so this is Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Right. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many mighty or many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Depart from me. I never knew you. Here they are. They're doing these apparent miracles, and they are certainly calling him Lord. But he's saying, I never knew you. Depart from me. That yeah. is, that's a huge warning to people saying Jesus is Lord. Who yeah, are not obeying. if I'm sharing this scripture with someone out mm-hmm. in front of the abortion center, mm-hmm. sharing it with a mom or with a dad, breaking this down, I'll ask them pointedly, are you one of those people that yeah. are calling Jesus Lord, Lord, and yet you're not willing to obey him? Mm-hmm. That's hypocrisy. Yeah. Just because you, and, and I'll use the term, talk is cheap. God's not mm-hmm. after just your words. God's not after you just saying he's Lord. God is after you you actually letting him be Lord in your life. Right. But if you continue to do what you want to do in contrast to what he wants you to do, he's not the Lord of your life. You are the Lord of your own life. Exactly. So guess where that's going to lead you? Exactly. And it's look where it you has places, led you. Look where it has led you right. and look where it's going to continue to lead you. It's yeah. ultimately going to lead you to hell. Yeah. Yeah. The one I think thing to be careful, <clears throat> excuse me, of with with these verses is I have had people say, well, it's by faith, not works, that right. that you're saved, and and so here Jesus is saying, but your works will reflect your faith. Yeah, exactly. And to make that distinction clear. To yeah, them. absolutely. It's not the works that save you, right. but the works are the outflow of mm-hmm. the fact that you are saved. Right. Yeah. That's that's the evidence. That's like the fruit is not what makes the tree what it is, mm-hmm. but it is the evidence of what kind of tree that it is. Yeah. Right. And, and he could not make it any clearer. Don't call me Lord unless you're doing what I say. Yeah. Or I am not your Lord. Yeah. You're yeah. the Lord of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very good verse. So another verse, this is John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, mm-hmm. verses 23 through 24. Mm-hmm. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. So this is Jesus talking about his word, talking about his commands. If anyone loves me, he's going to keep my word. And you know, I think this is appropriate to share as well out there mm-hmm. on the sidewalk or whatever context you're counseling a woman who's trying to justify her abortion by saying that God loves her and that she loves God and all this. But Jesus is saying, if you love me, you're going to keep my word. 
Yeah, and, and aborting your child is not keeping Jesus' word. Right. And and a way to introduce this verse might be to say, do you love God? Yeah. I ask that a lot out on the side. Do you love God? They almost always say yes. And then this would be a great verse to to say at that point. Yeah. Because if, again, God is very clear, okay? If you love him, keep his word. And what does his word say about killing innocent people? Thou shalt not murder. His word is clear. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So another verse, and actually the whole book of First John is powerful. Let me just yeah. tell you. First yeah. John is probably one of my favorite books. Outside of Hebrews, I really like Hebrews as I well. I like Hebrews a lot too. But First John is really practical. Mm-hmm. It really kind of pins people down because we do have this kind of false notion that that almost God owes us something. And that the way we live is kind of irrelevant to God and that our words are actually what's important. Mm-hmm. Well, John's cutting through that garbage. Mm-hmm. It's not just your words. Yeah. It's not, it's not love. He says this in First John. Let's not love our brethren only in word, but also in word and in deed. Mm-hmm. So here's what he says in uh, this is First John uh, 3. Chapter 3, right. Yeah, verses 4 through 6. And then I think you've kind of broken it up into verses 8 through 10 here. Right. Yeah. So I'm just going to read it. It says, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For The devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin. Because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. Wow, that is chock full yeah. of convicting <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'll just be, be really candid. Convicting mm-hmm. for me as well, yeah. not just for the people I'm ministering to. Right, right. Now, yeah. again, I've... I've I mean, there's one point in there. It says, he who uh, is born of God or who, who no one who is born of God practices sin because mm-hmm. his seed abides in him and he cannot sin. Ooh, wow. No one who sees him. Who, I'm sorry. No one who sins has seen him or knows yeah. him. Yeah. Wow. Have you sinned? Not in the past five minutes. Okay. I mean, I would say this is a verse where conviction should be there and we need to examine our own hearts right. first. Yeah. I do th- think though if you share this verse mm-hmm. the question's going to be asked, well, if this is true then then we're all doomed, right? Because I've sinned and then they'll ask you, have you sinned also? Which they do by the way. This yeah. happens all the time. That is the response exactly yeah. that I get when I read this verse. Yeah. And so what is your what is your reply? Well, it's an opportunity then to share the gospel, the truth of the gospel. That uh, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and there is a penalty for sin, but there is also an answer. Yeah, and and then go on to share the full gospel as well as, as well as I can. But I will focus on taking the heat off of me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Since I'm not about to kill a baby right then and there, and they yeah. are. So at the moment, that is the more pressing issue. And then when I go home, I can deal with my own my own issues. <laughs> but um, but I'll focus on things like the one who practices sin is of the devil. Yeah. And no one who is born of God practices sin. And that uh, 
the those who are the children of God and the children of the devil, they're obvious. Then ask them, which do you think, looking here at this abortion center and your choices before you, which is the choice that shows you are a child of God and which shows you the choice or which choice shows you that you are a child of God or of Satan? Yeah. And the answer is obvious, just like this verse says. Sure. It is obvious. So at least I think what we're kind of trying to get them to is a point of acknowledging right. that what they're about to do is a grievous sin yeah. against God and that there are going to be sev- severe consequences. Yeah. So we're not sharing this verse from a perspective of we're, we're not sinners, you not are. Right. This is not like condemning them and showing them how much better we are than they right. are. Right. But this is showing them that sin's a big deal to God. Yes. And then it incurs wrath and judgment from God, and we need to examine our own hearts. Now, I'll just yeah. say, generally, what's being conveyed in this scripture is the pattern of our life. Mm-hmm. If the pattern of your life is one of sin mm-hmm. and rebellion to God, don't pretend to be his child. Mm-hmm. If the pattern of your life is righteousness and you mm-hmm. seek to please God, mm-hmm. then you're his child, right? Yeah. That's that's evidence. So. At that point where it says he cannot sin, obviously we know that we can, and there are scripture verses that tell us, even John himself, John's not saying a Christian can never sin. Mm -hmm. He's saying that it should not be the pattern of our life. And if you go back in the first chapter of 1 John where he talks about this, he says, I write you these things, little children. I think it's actually in the second chapter. I write these these things to you, little children, so that you you would not sin. Mm -hmm. But if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father. So he's saying, I don't want you to sin. But if you do, and so he's not refuting himself in his same letter. Right. He's right. he is saying that Christians, yes, they 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 do sin, but it's not the pattern of their life. And right. I think laying that out and helping helping a, a person at the abortion center to understand that what he's talking about. Now, you don't always have time to lay all that out. And I think the most important thing is like what you mentioned that contrast between light exactly. and darkness, yeah, between the devil and the Lord. Yeah. And whose side are you on? Right. That, that's the most helpful thing I from think this so. verse. I probably wouldn't go to the part about the advocate, that we have right. an advocate, he who sins, because, again, they're just waiting to grasp at anything you offer that allows them to justify what they're about to do. Yeah. And if you and if they're thinking, oh, well, I've got an advocate, that when I do sin, then then it's fine okay, for me, yeah, for me yeah. to go sin. So, um, so. The contrast is really critical because even they see it, and I've rarely had someone that will say that they have not had a pattern of sin yeah, and that that is what has led them there. Very few of them will say, well, I'm I'm really mostly good. This is like the only really bad thing I've ever done. Right. Most of them see there's been a progression of bad, sinful choices that have led them to now this really serious, yeah. sinful choice yeah. that takes the life of an innocent human being. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can get into the mi- the mindset and sharing these scriptures that we somehow have to explain them all thoroughly. And there's right. going to be questions, right. like you said, yeah. when you share this scripture, there's questions, well, yeah. what about this? It says he cannot sin and all that. Right. Yeah. There's going to be questions, but certainly the Holy Spirit needs to do a work in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And just to share the words, and if they ask me a question and I don't want to get in depth and try to explain some theological exegetical breakdown of what that scripture means, I'll just say, think about that verse. Think about where you stand in light of that verse. 
and let the Lord speak it to your heart. And I'll even pray over them and that, yeah. that sort of thing. Ultimately, I'm trusting the word of God to do its work. Yeah. Um, and so these are just some scriptures. And we're actually going to put an article out. Right. And I think we'll have all of the scriptures. We didn't touch mm-hmm. on all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's there's quite a few more. And I'm sure you guys know many more verses that you can share. But I think at the end of the day, the, the, the point of this podcast episode is that, guys, you need to use the word of God. Mm-hmm. Use the word of God to bring comfort and use the word of God to bring conviction. Let, yeah. let God use his word right. to pierce hearts. And you can't do it if you don't know the word of God. So right. obviously the first thing is know the word of God and, yeah. and take the time to uh, to organize your Bible with, I don't know, markers, something where, where you can pull this scripture up quickly when you need it. But you can't pull it up if you don't know it's there. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. All right, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. And as always, we appreciate if you guys would share this podcast, leave us a review. Uh, If you have issues and uh, subjects you'd like for us to cover, we'd love to cover those in future episodes. So you can shoot me an email, daniel at lovelife.org. You can shoot Vicki an email at vicki at lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. But until next time, God bless. God bless. Nothing's too precious since I met you